Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Football Thunders, sponsored by Let Us Talk, the mental health charity, using football to break down barriers, and the Proper Blokes Club, the group for men, helping them to walk better mental health and friendships. Uh, coming up in tonight's episode, football rivalries, players available on pre-contract this January, the best central midfielders, this could get salty, pick, bench and sell, and then uh, segment five, right at the end, shithousery and plonker pundit of the week. Joining us is uh, Ryan Scott. How you doing, Ryan? I'm all right. Fingers crossed. No technical hitches this week. Good. And uh, Dan Finch is with us. Hello. I can just confirm to the listeners that it doesn't take me 20 minutes to boil an egg like Gabby from the <laughs> I've got to say, Pundit of the Week, it's from last week. It just keeps a rolling thing for me, but that's more about that later. Football rivalries. Dan, you can introduce this one because it's, um, it's your little puppy, isn't it? But basically, it's a conversation I had with, with someone that I worked with, and I basically said, I think football rivalries have almost lost their touch nowadays in terms of the bigger ones that, say, 10, 15 years ago, are now so blown over by the media that I think they're now more a popularity contest than it seems a rivalry. The players, the fans seem to care less. So, like for instance, we had that conversation about Man United and Liverpool when they played the other week. That game has no interest for me because the media attention to it is so overhyped, they bang on and drill on about it so much that the play on the pitch is never level and nothing you see ever makes it up to the standard that they talk of it. And it makes makes me turn away. I don't want to see it. So we're, what we're looking at is the real rivalries. The the rivalries. Maybe the lesser clubs have rivalries that are fierce. Brighton and Palace, for some reason, have a bit of a rivalry, and I don't know how fierce that and whether that falls into to the category. But they do hate each other. You got know, one's Palace. So yes, yeah, one's Palace, and uh, Charlton and Palace. Despite Palace saying. They don't care about us. Uh, if you look on the, tw- the timeline of Twitter when Charlton triggered the Palace lot, they done off by easily. So, but um, so Dan, which, which ones are you saying are fake rivalries? Well, uh, well not necessarily fake. I think well, not fake, are... just just hyped up by the TV companies to sell well, to sell subscriptions. Really, well, for me, it's Man United Liverpool is the big one. I think Ryan will have a comment as a Man United fan. I think obviously they might see it a bit differently. For me, looking from the outside, that's a game that I. Don't, I I remember watching it when it was Gerard against Skulls and that, and the players cared, and there was this seemed to be a different feeling. Tottenham Arsenal is the same. I think it's the bigger clubs, obviously, because of the way that the TV are trying to sell the best players in the, in the world. Almost those big games, I'd rather watch Newcastle Sunderland or Celtic Rangers because I think that's there's going to be a better game. Sheffield Wednesday, Sheffield United, the Sheffields, yeah, Millwall West Ham. Even Millwall Palace in a few weeks is going to be on TV. I'm all over that. Sorry, Ryan, you're a Man U fan, so let's get your opinion. Man United, Liverpool, because the traditional one for you surely is Man City. That's the big one, isn't it? And well, Man no. United, Liverpool's come out of more out of in recent in the last thirty or forty years, where Man United dominated, then Liverpool dominated, then Man United dominated, and now Liverpool are in the ascendancy compared to Man U. That's where that come from. It's not a traditional rivalry as such i don't really get football rivalries as as such it's i think it's more if you're in a community being a man united fan from london shock horror i'm a fake one i don't really get it in my lifetime manchester city man united has never really been a rivalry because manchester city up until recently were never a threat they were never successful 
the whole Leeds Man United thing is slightly different because that's based predominantly geographically more than football basis. So it's more sort of a, a geographical rivalry coming into football than a football rivalry spreading out. You so mean the Roses, Lancashire, Yorkshire? Yeah. The, yeah. Okay. That game is actually sums up what I mean. When you look at Man United, Liverpool, and then you look at Man United, Leeds. Man United, Leeds is a rivalry game. I want to watch that. I want to watch the. Mm. I want to listen to the fans. I want to watch the game. And the, the build up is still important, but it's not blown up. It's more historical. This is what happens when Man United play Leeds. And when and I think the Leeds players get themselves up for it much more. You can see the players that Man United play Leeds. The Leeds players, even if they're in a, they're they're nowhere near as good as Man United, and they know it. They'll get themselves up for that game, and the fans will get themselves up for that game in such a way it's unbelievable. But, I but think it, in are... fact, it goes over the top sometimes with Leeds and Man United in terms of the fans. Uh, more more that from the Leeds fans than anything else with some of the songs they sing, which are uh, disrespectful and just downright wrong. But I think that there are a couple of things that kind of dilute rivalries over time. Like for me personally, the Leeds Man United rivalry started dying off in about 2005, 2006 when Leeds got relegated and, yeah. and, and left the Premier League. They become less relevant. So I think it kind of depends on what sort of fan you are. Because if you're a local fan, you'll feel the rivalry much more because they're right next door. Whereas for me, not being a local fan, Leeds are only relevant if they're successful. Manchester City are only relevant if it's only a rivalry if they're being successful when we're trying to be successful. Mm. And that's where the Liverpool one predominantly comes from, because like you said, there was various periods of supremacy and then it was a battle over who gets to be the best in the, the competition. But for me, I think there's just one other thing that dilutes rivalries now is Going back in time to like the, the 80s and the 90s, you had more players who were uh, homegrown players. They came from that yeah. town. Mm. They were brought up through that club. Now, because of the influx of foreign talent, as much as it's had a positive effect on the quality of football that we play, rivalries have sort of died down because there's less players connecting to it. So you don't see the blood and thunder on the football pitch that you used to. The Ryan's just made the point that I, I was going to allude to, and it's not a dig at the fans of the top clubs, but for me, a rivalry is more than just, you know, like Ryan said about Man United and Leeds being at the top or Man United, Liverpool, Man United, Man City. I think that's why if someone says, like, name a big rivalry, I shy away from those games because most of them, as Ryan rightly said, is about who's the better side, Man United, Liverpool. As you said, the domination period. So games like, Newcastle, Sunderland, as I mentioned, Birmingham, Villa, two clubs that just despise each other. It's got nothing to do with what they do on the pitch or where they are in the leagues. They, when they play... It's horrible. It's horrible. And yeah. that, that, for me, is a rivalry. Like I, We carried out, I don't want to watch Man United Liverpool. I have no interest in watching it. Do you offer me Birmingham, Aston Villa? I'm watching it. Hell yes, I'm watching it. Would you it. go to the game? Birmingham, Villa? No, I yeah. but, but I wouldn't because I've got no interest in being there. But I will watch it because I'm a Chelsea oh, fan. I'll go okay, Celtic Rangers, would you go to that? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Now I've been but in. I have, but I have to state an interest because as we've comment like Rangers. I follow Rangers, so and I follow Celtic. I'm quite happy to abuse you when Rangers beat Celtic. Uh, yeah, and I'm quite happy to <laughs> take it in the last few years because uh, <laughs> I had a few years where I thoroughly enjoyed myself. But that's a game. That game is so much more than football. There's religion. There's everything. And it splits families at times. It's, I have experienced that. Now, I don't know, Dan, you've experienced derbies from a Charlton point of view, haven't you? 
uh, Crystal Palace and Millwall, for example. And I'm guessing you haven't had much success derby-wise, other than Jonathan Fortune's glorious moment when we us, sent Palace down. So I've seen us beat Palace three times. Yes. Uh, Jonathan Fortune, technically that's a draw, but I'm counting as a win we relegated them. Yeah, that was a, it was a win because we relegated them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we beat them 1-0 at the Valley. Matt Spring scored in about Ooh. 2009. And then Luke Varney scored a double as well. Yeah. Um, and then Millwall, they've just smashed us every time. Well, Mil- we haven't so. beaten Millwall since you were one year old. Technically, we beat them and it was in the pre-season friendly. But, yeah, 4-1. I mean, uh, fat boy Hasselbank. Hassel, yeah, Hasselbank hat trick. Hassel but that doesn't Bank. count because it, no, it doesn't uh, count. No. Um, I'm lucky. I've been to I've been to West Ham Tottenham, uh, Upton Park uh, in the seventies, and I saw West Ham absolutely destroy Tottenham. I think it was five one, but that was uh, that atmosphere was quite poisonous. I went to Stamford Bridge, and I saw Chelsea Tottenham in the seventies as well. That was a bit bit naughty. In the in the old Stamford Bridge in in the old days, uh, yeah, it, that was pretty naughty. Obviously, Charlton Palace. Quite a few times I've seen Charlton Palace, Charlton Millwall. I think the most terrified I've ever been at a football game was a local derby, and it wasn't in the UK. It was in in what is now the former Yugoslavia. I was in Belgrade with some friends, and we were doing a tour around Europe, and we decided to go to a game of football in Belgrade. We didn't even really look at the fixtures. So we went to the sports shop. I bought a Red Star Belgrade shirt because that's what you did. It's the local team. It was their home game. So I've got this Red Star Belgrade shirt in my rucksack at this time, luckily. And it turns out they're playing Partizan Belgrade. <laughs> uh, this is one of the naughtiest derbies in the world, let me tell you. Okay, so I bought the shirt in the morning and went, I was just having a wander around at lunchtime in the street. So we were at the top of this hill, walking down this hill, this very big steep hill in the centre of Belgrade. And I could hear a noise behind us. I look up the hill and there's a sea of red and white, red shirts. It's the Red Star Belgrade fans. And I'm thinking, this is magic. Oh, this is great, Red Star Belgrade fans. And then we're all looking up there and then we hear a noise behind us. And we look down the road and there's a sea of black and white. And the two are converging on each other. And there's only one thing on their mind. The shopkeepers, there was cafes and bars. They're all pulling the tables and chairs in and closing down the back, battening down the shutters. We were outside a woman's lingerie shop. And we got dragged in there by the uh, the owners because they could see what was coming and then luckily kept us safe, which was where we were able to check on all sorts of Yugoslav lingerie. But we went to the game... And I uh, got into the game in the stadium, and I have never been so scared. We were in the Red Star section, thank the Lord. But this was just after uh, the Hazel Stadium disaster, and we were told to keep our voices down, because if they found out we were English, we might get some grief. And and the atmosphere, there was tear gas being set off, uh, and there were flares going off. There were fights everywhere. Um, the police were armed to the teeth. I mean, it was... And the atmosphere in the ground was poisonous. I don't remember the game that much, but it was just one of the most poisonous atmospheres. Now, that exploded. That rivalry exploded several years later, but uh, that's Partizan Red Star. Look that up. It's a, it's a pretty lively derby. What about in Spain? You've got Atletico and Real Madrid. Again, it's another one for me that's just overrated. I mean, that one, I think, I can't comment too much because I'm not Spanish. So I don't... Know do you watch much Spanish football? I, I do, but I have a friend whose girlfriend's from Barcelona and she says that in Barcelona, no one supports Barcelona. 
So <laughs> I don't know where the Barcelona really? fans are. They're all and they're from the every, region, aren't they? The Catalan everyone, region. Everyone in Barcelona sports Espanol. Isn't it not like a bit of a political derby, those two? Well, yes. Because yeah. Madrid is like where the main Madrid power Barcelona. Is Barcelona Catalan. Yeah, it is Catalan against the, the, the Madrid is the king's team or it's the royal team called Real Madrid. Royal so um they're like the you know, the, the King of Spain's always been, you know, the royal the Spanish royal family are Real Madrid supporters. So the Catalans dislike them on that basis. But at Atletico Real Madrid, what's that one like? Do we think? That one's got bigger, but again, it's a bit like that's because it, Atletico are now okay. A force. I think, yeah, I was going to say, I think it's because Atletico have come up again as Barcelona have declined. It's sort of starting to be relevant again. The ones that always stick in my mind, because I've actually got friends who are Turkish, is Fenerbahce versus Besiktas. <laughs> They're frightening. And it's one of the reasons why I don't do football rivalries and I don't like football rivalries, because that goes beyond another level. That's the kind of vitriol and hatred and stuff that you can literally feel come out of your tv it's frightening Listen, in watch. belgrade you could i mean you could feel it that 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 city for that day was a powder keg it was horrible i mean i think we didn't go out in the evening we got on a train that night uh we literally had a few beers in the in the, in the hotel the host hostel we were staying in and got a cab to the station and got out of the got, and got on a train uh, bound for Greece as soon as we could. It was horrible. It was a, it was quite scary. I wouldn't go again to that game. Definitely wouldn't I, go to that game. I would never go to a Fenerbahce Besiktas kind of. Derby. No, I don't think. <laughs> or Galatasaray, anyone like that, I wouldn't do it. I've, I've got friends who, like I said, who live here that are Turkish, and they're like, no, 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 it's wonderful. I'm like, I've seen it on TV. I wouldn't go there in a million years. Dan, on the again, I'm kind of recycling my point, but even in the international scene. I yeah, I was about to say the internationals. International derbies. I think in this country, people make a big fuss of like England, Germany. It don't bother me. I mean, again, that's more political than football or local. No, I'm of the generation that I can remember 1966 vaguely. I certainly remember 1970 losing to them in the quarterfinal and how horrible that was. And then I can remember, you know, and, and 1990 and Euro 96. To me, Germans are rivals. But the, the, to me, it is a rivalry game. And the only other game that gets close to it is England-Scotland. But again, that's been, that happens so fr infrequently. But right. I almost have the opposite feel to what Ryan said earlier about when rivals haven't played each other for so long. I think the fact that we don't play Scotland often it makes it actually makes it bigger when we play Scotland. The buzz about it. You know, like I kind of wish there was a tournament where maybe once every three, four years, England could play Wales and Scotland and Ireland because, we, as you said, we don't play them often. Well, we used to have that in the seventies and until the late eighties. We had the uh, well, when the sixty, well, for years, for about eighty or hundred years, we had the home home internationals, and, and they, they were it back, but we turned it down. And uh, yeah, and it was England, Scotland, Northern Ireland, and Wales. And every year, so we one year you play at uh, it was like the Six Nations. It's every year, and I think there's a place for it. And every year we would play, uh, you play Scotland at, at Hampden, and then it'd be at Wembley. And every year Wembley would be packed full of Scots. I went to the England Scotland game in 1977 wow. when Scotland won one nil. And I remember getting the tickets. We actually bought them uh, off of, from Charlton Athletic. When you wanted to buy a, t a ticket for International, you didn't buy them from Wembley. You bought them from your local club. So three of my, my brother Bill went, and, and the, me and my best mate Nick and, and Bill went, and 
I've never been so outnumbered at a home game in my life. I was sat in, I was stood at the tunnel end, which was the England home end. And I'm not kidding you, me and my mate Nick were the only English people in there. But I will say for the Scots, they worked out we were English and they were, they, they noticed, they recognised that we were teenagers and they were brilliant with us. They looked after us, tried to get us drunk. We weren't having it. And my brother was in the other end, came out of the stadium having drunk half a bottle of whiskey that had been passed around to him by various Scotsmen. That, but they wanted to win that game. But they invaded the pitch, broke, tore up the uh, the turf and took the goalpost home with them. Uh, they were that excited. And that is a marvellous spectacle, that game. England versus Scotland. Every four years when there's not a Euros or something, that'd be great. As a, I think it'd be... Great to have the home internationals. Now Wales are a lot better. Northern Ireland, well, they're better than they were. Uh, Northern Ireland would be the whipping boys. and But then, you know, Northern Ireland in the uh, last uh, 30 years... they Connor Washington. Yeah, they have beaten England, you know, in a game. So I'd like to see that. I'd like to see us play Scotland. I love that. I mean, I'm, I grew up on that rivalry. Well, that, that's what I mean, because like the other one that people talk about a lot is Brazil-Argentina. They play yeah. each other so often. Yeah, it does it water it down, do you think? They play each other every year. It's like the next Regardless, time... Regardless, so last last World Cup cycle, yeah. this World Cup cycle, qualified. In the last year, Argentina and Brazil played four times. They played in the Copa America, twice in World Cup qualification, and they have a contract to play each other once in a friendly. Yeah. that's I don't need to see that. Spain, Portugal, you know, like another one that gets hyped up. Germany, Poland. You know, so less, less is better. For me, I think that if you have a a build up, when you get it every year, and then there's this random build up, like I said about Man United, Liverpool, it takes it away because you're seeing the same thing every year. Yeah, okay. When England so, play Scotland once, I mean, I think it's once every seven years since 2000 or something we've met Scotland. What I look forward to next as a Charlton fan is not playing Millwall because we played them. I, yeah, obviously I want us to beat Millwall, but I want us to be in the same league as Crystal Palace, and we have a game where the two teams are on a par. And I want to see how that goes. But I think what Ryan said, and what I think I think it was Ryan said about local players understand it better. Mm. Uh, that's a big thing. Can you, as a, a player, not born in the area, or not even, not yeah, not from that area, as a Man United player, are you that bothered about Liverpool? Are you that? Is Paul Bogba? Is Fred that bothered about Liverpool? Is he that bothered about Man United? It's just another three points, isn't it, for them? I was just going to say, like Ryan made a brilliant point about, like, as you rightly were saying, when I think about Liverpool Man United and when I enjoyed watching it, it was Steven Gerrard and Jamie Carragher against Roy Keane and Paul Scholes and, you know, the players the class knew, of knew the history. But even yeah. later on, like Rio Ferdinand and... Knew the history a, of it. Wasn't a local boy, but is obviously more than aware. And even like, for example, you talk about Charlton Mill when Charlton played Mill the other year, when we had lots of under the Roland era, a lot of the players were a bit confused. And Johnny Jackson was there saying, no, the, the fans, they're going to go out all out oh, for us to win this one. Let me assure you, Johnny wasn't the only person that was telling the the, the, the players from abroad under the Roland era, everyone, we would, Johnny was, and, and, and all the English players were saying, this game is big for the fans. If you win this one, because and it's been so long since we won it, if you win this one, you're going to be heroes. They never managed it though. Just quickly going back to the foreign player, uh, <laughs> understanding it. As a general rule, no, they don't, but you always get the exception. I think it depends on their individual mentality and how much they buy into the club. 
because Patrice Evra, if you sit and listen to Patrice Evra talk about Manchester United. He brought he, into the club, didn't he? Yeah, he, he's Loved obsessed it. with Man United. Yeah. He's, it's his life. He still talks about it now. He's, he's been involved in it now. He's a different player to someone like... And I'll, I'll use Pogba, because I know Pogba's been... This is his second spell at Man United, but it's just a wage for him, isn't it? And he, and he doesn't buy... As you said, he doesn't buy into the club. Like There are players that uh, clubs don't buy into the club. It's just a job for them. Yeah, I, I think Paul Pogba is a good example of Paul Pogba only cares about Paul Pogba. And then you've got players like Benoit Esso-Ikotu at Spurs who openly came out when he was there and said, I don't like football. This is a job for me. This is just Oh, he's not the first one. There's that. a few like that. Yeah, I've um, come across no, a few like that. So there, there, there are people like that. But I mean, like I said, Patrice Evra, he he bought into Manchester United hook line oh, yeah, and yeah, sinker. I think it depends very much on how the clubs are sold to the foreign players and how much heart is is within the club. Because obviously, as we've talked about on this podcast previously, when you talk about Man United, you immediately go back in history. And the first thing that comes to you is the Munich Air disaster and the Busby Babes. Yeah. So that was the first thing Alex Ferguson told every player who ever signed for Man United, including the youth players, when he walked them around Old Trafford. I don't think you can really get the same vibe from a Manchester City, because Manchester City now, obviously Manchester City have their own history, but they don't have that severe sort of history. And yeah. it's a very manufactured club now where the soul of Manchester City, like the soul of Chelsea, has by and large been sold off. Well, most of the top clubs, I would say, don't have the soul. I don't, don't know many top clubs at the top that have that soul anymore because it's such a business now. Right, shall we uh, close that subject? I think we've had guys. Come on, honey. Come on, good choice. Next, this could be fun. Players available on pre-contract pre this January. Darren Prattley. Can I clarify, are these players, if it's a player in England, no English club can sign him on a pre-contract in January. They can't, they've got to yes, wait. they can only do it if they're going abroad. So we're um, ignoring that. We're just saying which well, players... No, are... we can still talk about them. They can okay, still go abroad. Right. They can still Basically, go abroad. Basically... I've gone through a list of players that are out of contract this summer and are eligible to sign pre-contract agreements elsewhere now. Yeah. Kylian Mbappe, obviously, we've talked about in the past. Paul yeah. Pogba as well. They're both due. Where, where do we think they're going? Are we still convinced they're going Real Madrid? I don't know. I genuinely I think have... Pogba stays in Manchester. Yeah. Uh, and I think Mbappe goes to Madrid. Antonio Rudiger is another one at Chelsea who's almost out of contract. I've actually got a sneaking suspicion that Pogba, Rudiger and Mbappe are all going to Real Madrid in the summer. If that one comes off, I should put a bet on that one. I think I saw recently that Antonio Rudiger is about signing a deal at Chelsea. Andreas Christiansen is another one currently almost out of contract. Uh, I know Dan will laugh at that one because he doesn't think he's very good. Uh, uh, to be fair, he's impressed me this season, so I won't uh, slag him off too heavy. This next one, I do want to give a little bit of time to. I think Dan might talk about this one more, more than Pete will. But Darren Usman Pratt, Dembele at Barcelona, they signed him for a huge fee and he's been a fit for about six weeks. They're still trying to sign him on a new deal, but I don't understand why. Um, any idea where you think he might end up, Dan? Newcastle. No, I don't know. I mean, I think it's going to be a team that pays ludicrous money Newcastle. It wouldn't surprise me. And I, I'm wondering someone in maybe Italy, some somewhere like Napoli or Roma, trying to like throw some money at some. Well, the yeah. talent's there, but 
He can't stay fit, and he seems to, um, from what has been said, has an attitude problem. He really reminds me of uh, Abu Dhabi. Loads of talent, but his body just can't back it up. If Newcastle stay up, Newcastle. This next one, if anyone gets it, this, this arcs back to uh, the Euros. Lorenzo Insigne from Napoli. Just about to mention Out him. of contract. Yeah. If, if he Injured was, at the moment. was younger, I would fly over to Italy myself and beg him to come to Man United. I think that's going to be an absolute steal. But he, he's only yeah, 30 at the moment, so you're going to get a couple of seasons out of him. I'm on a free transfer. That's not a bad deal. I was just reading just a minute ago, and I did see it, but I didn't know it was a free transfer. There's a rumour that he's in talks to the, uh, go to the MLS. I think it was Toronto. Really? Yeah. Um, what a waste of talent. At 30? Yeah. What a waste. Okay, uh, can we go back to Dembele? The current yep. rumour, 80% rumour, Newcastle United. Yeah, yeah. Good luck with that one. Jesse Lingard is another one who's running out of contracts. Obviously, he was successful at West Ham. Tried his luck at Man United. Hasn't really got a look in too much. Where do we think he'll end up? West Ham. Do we? Yeah, I mean, I, because I don't think his future's in Manchester. No, and I think he, he'll want to go somewhere where he'll be a prominent role. And if West Ham give him an offer, the fans love him. Moyes kind of featured the team around him last season. West Ham are, are going to be in Europe. From what we've seen, Man- West Ham will still be in Europe next season. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't see why that move. Unless he gets a sensational offer from somewhere in Europe, I think West Ham probably the best offer he'll get in England. I think he might or he might fancy a dabble in Europe, you know. I could see him in Spain, to be honest. I could for Villarreal. Sorry, United fans. I know Villarreal I keep following you everywhere, but <laughs> that kind of team. Another one, interesting one, a fairly young one. So there'll be, I think there might be some money involved. Todd Cantwell at Norwich. I, I know he's not. Bring him up. Yeah, he can't get like this one. He, he can't get in the team at the moment, but um, he's been dropped to the under twenty three, isn't he? So, so the chances are he'll do a, he'll do the off ski then, yeah. I, I assume he might leave in January if he's been sent off to the under twenty three. So I, I would wonder if Norwich. Uh, he's valued on the transfer market at nineteen point eight million. The one How that old um, is he, though, oh, I think it's about 23, 23, 23. So they'll still get money for him, even if yeah, he leaves. He's, yeah, because he's, yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll get money. Sure. So the one, there's two that I'm interested to see their next move. One is Isco at Real Madrid. I like Isco, but I don't think he's ever got to be the player that he maybe should have been. And yeah. uh, I'm interested to see what his next move is because he's going to, he's announced that he will leave Madrid. And uh, he's someone that's been heavily linked with. Man City in the past and I don't think that will happen but I am interested to see where his next move is Alexandra Lacazette is another one who obviously did well in France 30 now yeah started well at Arsenal but has drifted off much like Aubameyang has Newcastle you reckon he'll go to Newcastle? <laughs> they have a habit to sign shit French strikers there goes another one Eddie Nketiah is another one that's another striker that's leaving Arsenal where do we think he'll end up because he's Wouldn't supposed to have a lot of with talent a fucking barge pole it's a championship he's knob I mean... Possibly. Someone in the Championship will go for him, wouldn't they? Surely. I think he could end up somewhere like Bournemouth, maybe Fulham. He's not the player that he was built Yeah, he's, Fulham would be good. He was in the lead side that won promotion to the Premier League. Yeah. But couldn't get a sniff. And then, for some reason, Arsenal brought him back and stuck him in the first team. And, I mean, I don't know, I don't know if anyone watched a game against Everton. He missed, like, four sitters. He's woeful. I've only got three more names. The next one's quite interesting because he's actually been in the news a fair bit lately, and that's Divock Origi at 
Liverpool. He's a very <laughs> interesting anywhere. character because he sat on the bench at Liverpool for years, only popped on to score goals as and when needed. To be fair, he's got quite a talent for it and he's been rewarded for it with league medals and Champions League medals. But at 27, is he really wasting his career by sitting on the bench for the rest of it? I think yeah, so. My thing for Divock is where does he go? One, it gets the money. Is he a player that cares? And can he go somewhere else and win what he can win sitting on the bench of Liverpool? Yeah. Because as much as you say he sits on the bench, he's got a habit of he, popping up he in has games. He's a habit of coming in big games and scoring yeah. goals. Barcelona, yeah. Tottenham in the Champions League final. Even I know people say it wasn't a big game, but Wolves on Saturday, nil nil. Yeah. Looks like it's going to bowl out when everyone Divock else comes on. Results crap. Divock comes on, nicks the win. So, and Klopp loves him, clearly. He will stay at Liverpool, I think. So if he doesn't get a new contract, you just mentioned a club there, Dan, of who he scored against. Would he be a good signing for someone like Barcelona, bearing in mind who they've got up front right now? I mean, I, I would. If I was Barcelona, why not pick him up on a deal, let him play? If you, Because, as you said, right there, current strike force is Luke de Jong. And he's on a free. <laughs> if he's on a free, yeah, then you know that, that's, that's got to be a, a, a punt worth a gamble. We'll have him on loan I, at Charlton if they don't want to, you know, want to look. I mean, even if, if Dortmund get rid of Haaland, no, I'm not saying he will replace Haaland's goals, but I think Divock is someone that kind of he's got the he's almost a meme if that makes sense on the internet. Yeah, because he doesn't look like a footballer, but he does score. <laughs> ben Brereton Diaz is obviously we talked about him on the pod as well. Uh, he'll uh, he'll end up somewhere because he'll leave Blackburn with that. He could end up anywhere. Right now, Blackburn Spain? are in the playoffs. So could he end up in Spain but, somewhere? I wouldn't put him past Dan at Blackburn. They're in the playoffs right now. They're on I a could... good run of form. Is he that they... good? I mean, I, I don't know. I've not really seen enough of him. I just read about him and because I don't watch. This season, he's been on fire. Off the back of his is international debut and, and stuff. The, the confidence think... that's given him. Yeah, do you, think? I, I, you don't know. He could go to his next club and stink the head out. So I don't really want to judge. He's, a, he's been a good player. Strikers, no matter how good they are, and they and they they might have all the ability in the world, but if they if they haven't got the confidence in their ability, they're not going to be the player you want. And Where I think did he come through the academy because uh, have a look because he he was a bang average championship player, and then suddenly he's playing in in South America uh, internationally, and his confidence has gone through the roof. Really, well, if you look at his goal record. In the last three years of Blackburn, he scored... So, two years ago, he scored two in 25. Last year, seven in 43. And this year, 16 in 20. If you can, if he can maintain that self-belief, then, you know, he could, he could do a job for uh, some of the big sides in Europe, couldn't he? For... Before Ryan hits his last one, one that I pointed out that I think is a really interesting copy is actually a former United keeper. Sam Johnston's out of contract at West Brom. Yeah. That's my last one. Well done. Ah, <laughs> Regardless of where West Brom are next year, I don't he'll think go. he'll be there. So where will Everton, he go? I'm picking him over Pickford or Tottenham. If I'm Tottenham, I'm buying Sam Johnston. If I'm Everton, I'm buying so, no, Sam Tottenham, Johnston. Tottenham's a good shout because Arsenal have got Ramsdale and they seem quite happy with him. Uh, yeah, Hugo passed it. I think Johnston's a better pick, uh, keeper than Pickford, personally. So okay. if I'm Everton, there's a rumour that Tottenham want Pickford. So your replacement for Pickford should be Johnston. From my perspective, I think he's got a pick of any teams up until about sixth position in the Premier League, up, I think. Up until Arsenal, arguably, isn't it, really? Maybe West Ham. Maybe if they like replace Fabianski. Fabianski. Yeah, but he's getting... He must be about 35 now. 
Yeah, that um, could be. Yeah, 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 yeah no, no. So that, that's West Ham. possibly West Ham. Don't forget, yeah. David Moyes loves a freebie and he loves English talent. So <laughs> that could be could be a good bet. But right, yeah, that's my list. Excellent. Right. So we're going to move on to the best central midfielders. Now, I think I should go first again because I suspect... Get the pre-war ramble out. Get the pre-war ramble out of the way because there's going to be a few here, let me tell you. Tuck in, children. It's time for story time with Granddad. Well, right. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, it's just, you know, I've, I've been watching football since since I was a kid. So, it wasn't even on TV. Uh, the late 60s. So with that in mind, Bobby Charlton. Now, I was going to put him on my list, but I only ever remember him playing as a 10, not as a central no, midfielder. I thought we were included 10s. Oh, well, he played in the central midfield. He played, he played as an inside forward as well, so midfield. Bobby Charlton. The next one is, um, for me, Johan Cruyff. Ajax, uh, Barcelona. No, not Yodi. Barcelona. Just uh, an incredible, an incredible player uh, to watch. Platini at France. Go on YouTube and watch that man. He drove that French team to uh, the European Nations Cup and uh, they were unlucky in the World Cup in 86, I believe, and in 82, where they got where their uh, striker was clattered by the German goalkeeper in the semi. If you've never seen semi. it, if, 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 you, if you look at it, the, the keeper came out, the, the Batistón was through on goal and the keeper came out and the ball had gone beyond the keeper, and all that the French player had to do was get round their keeper, and the keeper flattened him, knocked him out. He was out, Sparko. It was, was that Schumacher? That was Schumacher, yeah, that's it. Didn't, didn't he break his clavicle or something at the same time? Yeah, but he carried on. But that was yeah. one of the most disgraceful challenges. I've seen one worse goal, uh, challenge on a goalkeeper, and that was on my mate Mike Amman in the MLS, who got done uh, playing for Washington, I think it was. Uh, right, so Platini... Another one, Michael Laudrup. Yeah, I saw his name mentioned. It was um, a good shout. Uh, now, Raul and Romario, who aren't bad players, have agreed that they believe he was the fourth best player at the time yeah, in the history of the game. He was Michael Laudrup was supremely talented. It was just a, the Danish team he was in in the 80s were a joy to watch. They played such good football. And Laudrup was the main thing. The other one for me, Zico. Of Brazil, 88 caps, 66 goals from midfield. He didn't win the World Cup with Brazil, but he should have done. But he was just go on YouTube and just put Zico and watch that man play football. Just the white Pele, they called him. Just amazing. That's put... <laughs> I've got Zidane as well. I've got Zidane. I've just watched Zidane and I loved the way he played. And I just thought he was just head and shoulders above anyone else at the I'm... time. I've got a controversial opinion on Zidane. I think he's a bit overrated. You've said that, and I don't agree with you. I just think he's a very elegant player, but there's only two things I remember Zidane for out of his whole career, and bearing in mind that I was glued to Italian football during the time he was at Juve. There's two things I remember him for. is that volley in the Champions League final for and Real Madrid. Butt. And the nut. And headbutting Marco Matarazzi. Go, go and watch him. I remember. There's a documentary done about him, and it literally followed him at Real Madrid. And what it does, it just shows him on and off the ball. It just follows him throughout a game. And just little touches. Sorry. France in 98 don't win without Zidane, to me. Can I just clarify and ask, is Ben Watson on this list? Uh, no. no. This is 
best central midfielders, not worst. Oh, sorry. Danny Hollands is next. No. <laughs> Dale Stevens, who was criminally underrated by so many Charlton. George Dobson. <laughs> Dale Stevens was the most underrated player at Charlton I've come across in my life. Alex Song, Billy Long. Yeah, but yeah, those for me are... Um, at the current generation, I, I, the only English player I can put in is Bobby Charlton. I don't think anyone's achieved anywhere near. I mean, to be fair, Bobby Charlton won everything there was. Uh, he was European Football of the Year. He was uh, World Cup winner, FA Cup League titles, had a record at the time for caps, the record goal scorer until the chubby fat potato head come along. Uh, <laughs> Wayne Rooney. Ah. <laughs> Bobby Charlton. And I know he played a, quite a bit as an attacking midfielder, but he played in midfield, central midfield. I thought you were going to say he played quite a bit for England. But uh, he did. He did. Yeah, he's record <laughs> well, holder. Yeah. But Bobby Charlton. And, and, and another thing about Bobby Charlton, like Gary Lineker, never ever booked. Never ever sent off. And to be honest, one man that I would, I think if I met him, I would be speechless. Genuinely would be excited. Can you hurry up and meet him? I've actually met him. How did you meet him, you fucker? <laughs> I've met him. I've actually had the pleasure of playing football with Sir Bobby Charlton. When what I was, the when fuck I was... is going on here? Yeah. Like, well, can I'm... we put this in shit are Dan? This has got to go in shit Right, that's it. That's shit houses are sorted. Right. You when played was... football with fucking Bobby Charlton? Yeah. When I was... when I was 10 years old, I won oh. a competition oh. with my primary school. To go to, a, it was called the Bobby Charlton Super Sports Day. I won a place through football at my primary school. I'm going to fucking mute him in a minute. I've had enough. We, it took place at uh, Sutcliffe Park, which. Oh, is, oh Jesus Christ. Christ. We didn't think he was going to be there. We just thought it was like his name. I bet when like, he got Sutcliffe Park, he wished he fucking was. And we, got, we all got there. We were sat around. Bobby and then all of a sudden, Bobby Charlton walks around the corner in shorts. AstroTurfs and a red T-shirt and then put us through passing drills and then coached us through a seven-a-side. So... Right, uh-huh. he's, he's out of the podcast. Get the fucking... Get him out of it, the shit that is. That's, that's podcast over for tonight. Fuck it, I've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> but Dan's had similar, but he didn't realise straight away when, he, when, when you were doing cricket, when you played cricket... Do you remember you went to Blackheath and you came back and you said... Oh, for the Kent trials? Yeah, he was, at, he was yeah. being coached by Kent and he had no idea. And he said, I said, who, who? He said I've got this one coach called Deadly. And I went, Deadly? I mean, is his first name Derek? And he went, yeah. And I said, England's greatest ever spinner. That's Derek Underwood. And he said, oh, there's another bloke, Alan. Alan not England's greatest ever wicketkeeper. He had no fucking idea. I told my brother. My brother Bill, he's going, no, he was like, I am with you, saying you played with Bobby Charlton. <laughs> Dan had no idea how good these players were. I came to say my trials with Kent Cricket Club. <laughs> they picked him. He didn't pick them. They picked him. Anyway. That is uh, fucking team. No. That's because uh, <laughs> you were sledging too much. Probably. Yeah, yeah. It's the world's worst sledger is, out, is my, my, my son. <laughs> he's worse than me on the football pitch I was bad on the football pitch he was bad playing cricket yeah you can't really be a bit of a prick when you're surrounded by posh cricket yeah, fans he, I've noticed he sledged my brother as the only as the only common one in the majority of teams I played in he genuinely <laughs> sledged my brother 
My brother is not a bad cricket player. Dan had bowled him and had bowled him, spanned the ball behind his legs. My brother looked down the wicket and he's gone, look at him and he ain't going to do that again. And I'm like, he will. And, uh, and Dan's done it again and he's gone. The other he, way. He, he said that he's gone in the other way. And he's, 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 he said there, Bill, Uncle Bill, and he went, what? He said, instructions are on the back of the bat. And the other thing he did, shithousery this is, he's uh, he's left-handed, Dan. Everyone knows Dan's left-handed. He's standing there left-handed. Bill comes up with his slow, slow-paced balls. Dan switches to right-hand as he's delivered the ball and whacks it back over his head. Bill's looking, I'm not having that. And I went, good luck with doing something about it. Hilarious. Anyway, back to back to football. <laughs> I'm happy to keep talking. No, no, I'm not. I, I, I'm yeah. currently watching the Ashes, so let's not talk. About yeah, it. let's not talk about it, cricket. I've had <laughs> I've had two late nights. I've been to bed at four o'clock in the morning. I'm going to do it again tonight. That's I'm, your fault. And I'm out tomorrow night. I'm terrified. I'm going to fall oh, asleep really? on the porch. Anyway, let's nothing about my personal life. We'll mm. get onto that later, eh? Yeah, no, let's not. <laughs> we can get onto it once this recording stopped. Uh, Dan, let's do you because we're going to leave Ryan till last because he's got a list as long as your fucking arm. <laughs> to be fair, I've got a list of about 20. Yeah. So, can I go Shit first, then? God, Ryan, I go first. Shut up, Finch. <laughs> Ryan, you go first. Come on in, Ryan, you go I've first, because we're going to be here all night with shithouse over there. Paul Scholes, I think it's got to be said, for his generation, I think he's arguably the best midfielder around. Zidane said it. So many other football players have said it. I, I don't think you can... Can I say I agree he was a great player, but unfortunately for him, in an England shirt, and this isn't his fault. Yep. We never saw him because that the because Sven didn't have the balls to put to, to build the team around him, which he should have done. Instead, he tried to find a way to accommodate Lampard and Gerrard, and that was all at Skulls' expense to put Skulls out on the left. Oh, have a word. That shit house right there. So for that reason, I don't think he achieved as much as he should have done, but that's not his fault. The bloke, the bloke had what two years off, came back and was fucking phenomenal. He's on the list. He hasn't achieved enough as he could. How much more did he need to achieve? No, I, think, in, I, think he internationally. I mean internationally. Right, and, I and that's why I said, and that's why I said it was the international manager. And I did say that internationally, right. as a Next. player in the league, he achieved, achieved absolutely. The only trouble with Ryan with Paul Scholes is people said he couldn't tackle. He could tackle, but he was a dirty bastard. That's all. That it, there was no oh oh that he just mistimed that he knew what he was doing, so I'll give him marks for that. Next one on the list is another Man United midfielder, which is Brian Robson. Uh, oh, I don't yeah. think you can argue with Brian Robson. He was a warrior for England I'm, and for Manchester oh, United, fastest goal in the World Cup in 1982. Yeah. And had he not suffered the injuries that he oh. did suffer, he would have been even better. The shoulder went in 1990, uh, 1986, and he was out. I think we might have beaten Argentina in the quarterfinal with Brian Robson on the pitch. We'd have beaten Germany on the pitch because he'd have been alongside Gascoigne, keeping Gascoigne calm. We'd have beaten Germany in the semi-final in 1990 had he not had the Achilles issue that he had, I think it was, or something. Mm. Uh, you can't knock him. Captain Marvel was his, always called Captain Marvel. One and a half million from West Brom, if that. Yep. Best signing I think Man United have made. The next one on the list, Rude Hullet, I think deserves to be on here. I saw him play for Milan alongside Rijkaard and alongside Van Basten as well. Mm. And it was frightening just to sit and watch how amazing they were. Uh, I want to give a special mention for Stefan Effenberg. He's probably not a player that many people will mention, but 
he ran by Munich's midfield for years. He did, to be and fair. And he was amazing. Everyone talks about Bastian Schweinsteiger in his pomp, but Effenberg was just as good. Yeah. I'm going to leave the others because I've got a funny feeling Dan might have them. But I've got two more that I'm just going to add. Clarence Seedorf for Holland and for, for AC Milan predominantly. Yeah. But I think he was at Real Madrid as well. And my personal favourite central midfielder of all time, I don't know if you guys will have heard of this name. His name was Zvonimir Boban. He played for... Boban, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, He was a Croatian international. He was a massive part of the Croatia 96 side. He won four Scudettos, three Supercoppa Italias, a Champions League, a UEFA Super Cup. And I will also always remember him for the time that he was at Dynamo Zagreb when he was younger. On the 13th of May 1990, during a pitch invasion between uh, Dynamo Zagreb and Red Star Belgrade, it went from pitch invasion to full-on riot. They had riot police and everything. It was was a nightmare. And Boban noticed a police officer beating a Zagreb fan to pieces. I've seen the clip of this, yeah. But with a baton. So Boban promptly ran up and kicked him straight in the face. <laughs> that was, he kicked the police officer in the face, not the fan. He was a good player, Boban, actually. If you go onto YouTube and just have a look, his technique, his passing, his style, it, it was also pretty nippy in the tackle as well. He managed to win the ball quite cleanly. So, yeah, he's my favourite of all time, even with the six-month suspension. Okay, uh, Dan's being an utter shithouse because he's just mentioned Andy Fye to me on the quiet. <laughs> <laughs> the man um, who hid from the ball when it was passed at him. No. But yeah, I'll, I'll let Dan take over now because that's the main ones I wanted to talk about. And if he hasn't got the others on my list, then I'll just knock them on because there's only a couple more. I have quite an extensive list because... Oh, here we go. I've done like, I think, who people would say is <coughs> the best and then a few of my personal favourites. Yeah. So I'll kind of rattle off the, the main ones. We'll yeah. do yes or no. Then I'll hit some of my favourites. So Xavi Iniesta. Yep. Yeah. Obviously. Okay. Ger- Gerard Lampard. Not having Lampard, sorry. But yeah, Gerard. I'm having Lampard for his goals. Yeah, I'm having Lampard. Michael Ballack. No, not having mm, Ballack. Borderline. Love Michael Ballack. Uh, and then obviously I thought we were including attacking midfielders. So David Silva. We'll have to leave them out, Dan. We've got, we're going to have yeah, to do them another day. Yeah. Uh, I thought we were doing them as well. So I'll leave no, no, we'll do them next time. Week. Just like to say David Silva's one of the most underrated players of all time, but we'll leave that there. Absolutely. Um, uh, and then... Talking to Silva, say, Bernardo Silva at the moment is on fire. Oh, he's isn't he, Jordan? He's, and he's glorious player. to watch, isn't he? That goal he scored the other day where he just curled what? it, passed it and curled it round the keeper. Beautiful. What a player. Beautiful. Andrea anyway. Pirlo is the other one I've got on my list that Dan hasn't mentioned. Pirlo, yes, yeah. He was coming yeah. up. Yeah. And then oh, I've got... baller. Then I've got a list of players that I like. So my first one... There's one that I don't think many people will put on the list, but I really enjoyed watching him because people will know that my... I, mean, I like a... Not necessarily a defensive midfielder, maybe defensive-minded. Yeah. Michael Essien at Chelsea during that Mourinho period. Yes. Mm. That's a good shout. Oh, good what, shout. A, what a footballer. Yeah. And without Nicky. him, Lampard couldn't do what Lampard did. No, without not, not even on. close. It's like, uh, it's like Pogba in France. Can't do what he does without Kante. I think Michael Essien is one of the players that Again, like Ryan said, who are you, Ryan? Who are you talking about? No, Paul Scholes. When you ask Chelsea players of that era, who who ran that team? They all say Michael Essien. 
Yeah. And the other one they mentioned is John Obi Mikel, but he's not on the list. No, he's rubbish. S E N is. I don't think he's rubbish. I can't. I don't think he's rubbish. John Obi Mikel. He was rubbish. No, just because he didn't sign for Man U, let's not get biased. Technically, he did. Technically, he did. And here we get to the crux of why you're saying he's rubbish. No, I just didn't. I mean, Fred's on form at the moment. Anyway, carry on. John Obi Mikel was useless. I think he was a decent player for what he did. For me, I think you're bang on there with SCN, Dan. I think he's right up there with Yaya Torre in his podcast. I don't. Absolutely. Can I say? Can I say? Ob Mikel is not is not on this list anywhere. But I don't think he was a shit player. That's what I'm saying. He's not on this list, but he, and he right. shouldn't be. That's a, the next name on the list. Ryan's just said it. Yaya Torre. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Another one that probably I think he probably wins a Ballon d'Or if Messi and Ronaldo aren't around. 2013, 2014. Because I think Yaya finished third two years in a row behind Messi and Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. Drove the help drive that Man City team, didn't he? And also, Along with company. you know, it's a shame he didn't get a birthday uh, birthday cake. cake. <laughs> yeah. got his cake, you never know what. That's happen. they treated him appallingly for that for not even getting him a birthday cake. That that was hilarious. That then, was utterly. His agent was up in arms over that. And uh, another one that I think never got the credit. I don't know if you two will agree, but one I never thought got the credit that wherever he went, kind of did well. Was Wesley Schneider? I would have got him down as attacking midfielder. I was going to bring him up when we did. Oh, okay, that's fine. I mean, great player. Injuries, injuries mm. kind of let him down. Uh, Seth Fabregas. Mm. Not on the same level as the top. This one. It's I mean, not on the, the level of this one. No, and then think... the one that I've put next is it's more personal. Bastian Schweinsteiger. Well, we know his cousin. Um, yeah, I know his. I know his family. To be fair, yeah, in his pomp at Bayern, not, not United, not United, no. <laughs> not United. For Bayern and for Germany, fantastic. Player. I've spent cousin, a bit of time in his hometown in Colbermore. His his cousin's really good at Call of Duty. His cousin, yeah, his cousin, his cousin's very good at Call of Duty and and loves abusing his German cousin. Sits there abusing the Nazis. It's hilarious. And because of his cousin, uh, uh, yeah, because of Bast- we, we, I went to uh, Colbermore. Which is where, uh, which is where the Wombles are from. It's where the Schweinsteigers are from. Colbermore is cousin, German cousin. Colbermore, yes, Colbermore is very good. Colbermore yeah. is cousin. Yeah, let's move on from Wombles because I know what's coming next. <laughs> Shit house. Um, move on. <laughs> I, that's the end of my list because we didn't Excellent. do the attacking midfielders. Right, well, there's, there's just one more then. Go on, then. I'll add to this list. Balloon Dior winner. If he says Scott McTominay, I'm walking out. No. Fred. Luka Modric. <laughs> I oh, thought yeah. about Luka Modric because I think he's. I love Luka Modric. He, he did so well at Tottenham. So, he's still at Real Madrid. How long, how long has he been at Real Madrid? Seven, eight years. He signed a new yeah. one. Year and that well. tells you a lot about a player because a lot of players go to Real Madrid and they're there for a season, two seasons, and then they'll be shipped out for some to bring somebody else in. The fact that Luka Modric is still part of that Real Madrid side tells you how good he is. He's, uh, that's a good shout, Luka Modric. He's also I, just signed a new contract at, what, 37? 37. I think the other thing for Modric, to tell you how good he is, he's the only person to win a Balloon Dior while Messi and Ronaldo have been on the planet playing Lewandowski's football. got robbed. Yeah, um, Lewandowski has been still robbed. been robbed yes. though. Question though, no. question for you right now: Who's the best central midfielder in the world? Who are you asking this, Ryan or me? Either of you, either. Uh, George Dobson. Correct. <laughs> Kevin De Bruyne. 
Yeah, Alex Gilby after the goal last night. To me. Yeah, I, I think De Bruyne. I can't De argue with De Bruyne. But Bernardo De Bruyne. Silva, but is he the attacking midfielder? He's an attacking he... midfielder, yeah. Yeah, because he's... He's, he's um, technically Bernard... a winger when he signed for him. I mean, he's uh, he's just doing stuff at the moment that's just not right. Uh, Can I recommend a, a podcast to listen to? It's a Match of the Day podcast. It features Mika Richards, Alan Shearer and Gary Lineker. And uh, they did one last week. And you've got to watch it because Mika Richards' team is just full of Man City players. It's hilarious. But it is a really funny podcast. But, but what they do is they have to pick. Shearer and Richards have to pick their players, a team of 11 that they've played with, but they have to include themselves. And so it's such a one-sided thing because Mika Richards played with Man City. So he's got... Aston Villa. <laughs> but, but there's not many Villa players in it other than Jack Grealish. John but, but he's got the, the Man City tied that Mika Richards played with. I mean, Vincent Company, all of those. Aguero, the lot of them. He was in those teams. So his team just world-class. At Yaya Toure, up against players teams? that Alan Shearer played with. Alan Shearer, who played for... And they're not allowed to use internationals. So Alan Shearer's team is from Southampton, Blackburn, <laughs> Blackburn and Newcastle United. We can probably and guess to Alan say Shearer's that Shearer's team. team would be completely banjaxed is beyond word. But it is funny because they have a pop at each other as well. It's just good podcast, worth listening to. Anyway, and maybe that's something we should do next week. Is oh, ne- no, I'm not here next week, uh, but maybe over Christmas is maybe um, we come up with podcasts, football <laughs> podcasts that are worth listening to. Oh, hello. I've just seen Mickey his team. Have yeah, you seen Shearer's team? Well, read it. Read the team out. To, right, right, right. Listen to this team. So this Mika Richards's team. Joe Hart in goal. So, I can see because he's only played with. Yeah, you know who he's played with. So Mika Richards is in the team. Well, he has to be. That's the rules. With Vincent Company and Jolyon Lescott. Three at the back. Yeah, go on. There's <laughs> four in midfield. Is David Silva, <gasps> Yaya Torre, <gasps> Patrick Vieira, <laughs> Jack Grealish. And the rest, come on. And the front three is Carlos Tevez, Sergio Aguero and Daniel Sturridge. And have you got Shearer's team? I have Shearer's team. Right, now, who's going to get... And am I right? Is Shearer's team going to get completely done? They're going to get oh, ripped yeah, a new yeah. one, aren't they? There's a, a total legend in this team. Go on. There is. There is there's the legend. Yeah. I knew he was his best Tim, mate. He's only there because he's his best mate. That's why. Tim, Tim Flowers in goal. So Tim Flowers probably better than Joe up. Yeah. Well. Back back three, Stuart Pearce. <laughs> Colin Hendry and Russell Osman. <laughs> Russell Osman was good. I've got to back tell four. you. Well, midfield four. We've, I, don't, I think this is a wing back. Graham Lasso. Yeah, he's a wing back. Yeah. Tim Sherwood, Rob Lee, and Matt Letizier. <sighs> Peter Beardsley, Alan Shearer, and Les Ferdinand. To be fair, that's not a bad front uh, three. Uh, uh, no, the front, front three, three is great. Beardsley is the most underrated player ever. You talk to Lineker about team, Beardsley. As, as a, a team, team, they're going to get they're going to get bullied, slaughtered. They're going to get completely banjaxed. It's going to be. Although I will say one thing on that team: if Aguero comes up against Colin Hendry or Stuart Pearce, he's nobbled for the match. Do you know what would be cool to see? If someone would find all their ratings from when. Because Championship Manager was a thing back in 2000, in 1994. Yeah. Mm. I wonder if you could get all the ratings, move them onto the current game, and do Mika Richards against Alan Shearer. And see what those teams would do. We need to speak to Miles, don't we? I wonder if we we should maybe tweet Miles and say, look, here's the teams. Yeah. Do it. 
do it. Can you? I want to see it. <laughs> oh, Miles, can you just retweet this and can someone do this and and st- simulate this game for us? And I want to see the game. I want to see it on screen. I want to um, commentate on it. Uh, yeah, I'd love to commentate. Yeah, do it live. Do it. Yeah. Think about this as we get the the, the one before Christmas. Your favourite football podcasts. Oh, easy. Country mile easy. Oh, God, I can do it now if you want to. I, mean... I am madly in love with Peter Crouch podcast. Yeah. yeah. Fucking genius. I want to know where it's been. <laughs> Crouch is quite busy. Um, in the... I love it. It's so good. Another it's... one with a footballer involved was Flintoff, Savage yes. and Saeed was very that was good. That was good too. That yeah. was good. And there's a couple of good cricket ones out there. I'll tell Dan about these a bit Can later. you say it's Tailenders? Me and you're going to have a No, right. it's not um, Tailenders. No, no, no. One, no. one I do enjoy is the Monday Night Club on BBC. Five uh, Live where... can be good. Yeah, where basically they just rip Chris Sutton to pieces and tell him that he was crap. But he, he takes it. He takes it. Yeah, Chelsea. he takes yeah. it. They. Yeah. No talk shot. Right, love. There um, is nothing on Talksport that I would listen to again. Yeah. You can fuck right off with that pile of shit. I watch it purely just for ideas for the podcast, basically, of like talking know. points and stuff like that. You if, get ideas from Talkshite. If, if, if a decent conversation comes up, I'm like, no, right, I'll have that. No, for the there's, there's not going to be a decent conversation. You've got Gabby Old Bonlahor, <laughs> Danny Murphy, and that Muppet Jamie O'Hara um, and yeah, Jim would, White. I'd like to just remind people that we did learn last week that Gabby Old Bonlahor does take 20 minutes to boil an egg. Fucking hell, wanker. <laughs> the only one I do like is the guys in the afternoon. Andy Jacobs and... Uh, Andy Jacobs? Andy Goldstein? And, no, 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 not Andy Goldstein. No, it's Jacobs and um, there's two of them. They've been doing stuff on TalkSport for years. Uh, look, they're brilliant. They're great because they... they don't... Andy Goldstein. Uh, Alan Brazil? No, I can't stand him. He's a fat number <laughs> of lards. Uh, Hawksby and Jacobs. That I'll take all day long. But I like them. They're good. For podcasts... Definitely, um, I want Savage Flintoff and the ping pong boy to come, guy to come back, but I don't think it will because no. Flintoff's too busy with Top Gear, and Savage is too busy running Macclesfield and praising his son. Did you see he commentated oh, his son making his debut? That's last nice, night. though. I, I quite, I quite like that. Imagine Savage could be a bit of a prick. I thought yeah, that was nice. A prick, but that was nice that the, the, the BT let him commentate on his his moment. His son came He's on. He's getting emotional. Make bless him. It was. was. Nice. Uh, Why well, wouldn't you? I mean. If Dan, if you'd have played cricket, arguing. if you'd have I'm played cricket for Kent or England, I'd have been, or you played football, for, I would have been as proud as punch. You know, I'd have been, I'd have been in in pieces. I had a trial game for Kent. Is that not enough? Yeah, I, I was no. proud as punch when you got the, got requested to go for that. That was great. But I got battered. But, <laughs> but shithousery from uh, the fact that you didn't know who your coaches were still annoys me. But, shall um, we move on to pick bench cell then, shall we? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was trying to put this off, really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I've not hey, had time hey. to research this because work's been... Uh, it's Christmas, it's December. I'm and sure me and Ryan have got you covered. It's horrible at the moment. Let's work, start so. with the easiest one. It's an argument that's raged on for years now. Don't so, for both of you, and I will chip in as skulls. well. Yep, Paul Skulls. Frank Lampard or Steven Gerrard? I'm going Skulls. On, I'd pick Skulls because I'd build the team around him, as I said earlier. Uh, Gerrard on the bench, uh, on the bench um, I'd sell Lampard. Because, and I'll oh. tell you why I pick Gerrard over Lampard, because Gerrard's a born leader, an absolute leader for me. Dan? Yeah, Sam. But that's um... not... You? <laughs> what about you? Shock horror, uh... I've gone the same as well. As <laughs> I don't... I don't... I think it's close between Skulls and Gerard. Then there's a gap to Lampard for me personally. I want to pick Gerard. 
I think Skulls. I, I think the mistake Sven made was not putting Skulls alongside Gerard in that midfield. Sven, Sven, that, you are an area. Sven, yes, Sven ruined it for us because we had, you know, if you, when you look at that, because I know we had a problem on the left at the time, but don't play on the left. Just pick it out of the right because you had Skulls, you had Gerard, and on the right hand side you had Beckham. What the fuck do you need to do a worry about what's who's on the left? You could have put me Aunt Fanny out on the left. We just still boss team play teams. We not have Nick Barnby out there for a while, no? Exactly. As I said, you could have put me Aunt Fanny out there. <laughs> I'm going to be Bar- really, really controversial here, but had I been the manager at that time, I wouldn't have started Gerard or Lampard. I would have started Nicky Butt with Paul Skulls in the middle. But there you go. No. <laughs> There's a shot. No, I see. No, I don't <laughs> agree with you there. Let's see. That's like it's the balance got... of the team, you see. You've got to overweigh the talent versus the balance of the team. Yeah. You put Nicky Butt in there with Paul Scholes, you've got a better balanced side. Put If you Man, haven't got David got, Beckham on the you've right, got you can put Gerard You've there. got cards happening all over the shop with those two in the middle, haven't you? Uh, OK, um, Dan, have you got any pick bench cells? So I've, I've got one for you. Have you? One for everyone. Oh, no. I, Go on, I couldn't come up with a Man United one for Ryan, so I've just gone with... So the, I'll do the overall one first. Go on, him. Because I've heard an interview where Zavi talks about Paul Skulls. So I've got <coughs> This is a bastard. Zavi, Iniesta, Paul Skulls. This oh, is one really easy for me. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, I know who... I, it's quite easy for me, and I have a feeling I'm going to differ from I, the I'll, I'll go now. I'll go Paul Skulls starts, Xavi's on the bench, and Iniesta's sold. I'm one different from Ryan. I'm yeah. totally different. I'm Xavi starts... Skulls on the bench and Iniesta. Yeah. Oh. I'm the same. I think Xavi's. Xavi. Was, oh, I loved yeah. him. Because, <laughs> and, and I think the overriding thing is he's, he did it in the international stage. And it's not Paul Skulls' fault. Right. Well, before we continue with Dan's, I've got beautiful torture for both of you. Oh, here we go. For I have a feeling your torture might overlap some... mine. There's going to be some. No, no, this is. Can we just. We're moving on to shithousery already, aren't we? Oh, no, no. We've got torture and shithousery. So, right. So, I've got one for each of you from Charlton midfielders. Okay. I know who wins. I haven't even said the names. I know. We'll we'll start with Dan first because I've got a a difficult one and then I've got a shithousery one. I I think I know what's coming here, don't I, Ryan? No, you'll get that one in a minute because me and Pete. Yeah, sort of tag teams on this one. Dan, right, so first one, Dan. Has occurred, Dan. I've got to tell oh. you. First one, Dan. Fuck the pair of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. First one, Darren Prattley, Klaus <gasps> Jensen, oh. Zheng Ji. Are we talking about favourite or on the Pick pitch? bench cell, boy. Darren Prattley, <laughs> Klaus Jensen or Zheng Ji? Well, I'm starting Klaus. Oh, I'm starting Klaus. Pratters, though. Klaus. Pratters is never... Klaus Jensen, Klaus Jensen, Jing Zhi. Jing Zhi can fuck off. Jing Zhi missed that goal at Man City that would have kept us up, possibly. I mean, I like Jing Zhi, he was great, but Darren Prattley is the man that has kept us up. No, 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 no. no, Fuck off. No, no. Fuck off. Prattley's king. No, no. You're talking out of your bollocks. You're talking out of your ass. No. You've just picked yourself a new one. You're only talking to you. How many times did you see Darren Prattley live in person? Plenty of times. I saw him enough. The impact he had on on Charlton Athletic Football Club in his period and championship at League One and Championship irrelevant. My point is for the club. No, no. I I asked the beginning. Hold on. I asked you at the beginning. Was it based on talent or the player to the club? And you said not based on the pitch. 
okay. not based on his ability. Okay, I can Therefore, give two answers here. Klaus Jensen is the best. Hang on, hold on, because the question was for me. Yeah, go on. Klaus Jensen is was for was the, best, yeah. the best player. Yeah. Darren Prattley kept us going when we could have easily shut up shop and not been a football club. Yeah. That's a fact. I'm go sorry, on. you say what you like, that's true. And then Zhengji was with us for one year. As football talent, then you swap Zhengji and Prattley. Yes, on talent, I'm... But yeah. I, I asked if it was on talent. Oh, I, if it's on talent, right. If it's on talent, Zhengji is second. He's on the bench. But if you said if it's on what they did for the club, then I'll agree with you on Prattley. Right. But Prattley okay. was but not... Now, about... now apologise for slagging off Darren Prattley. I'm not, apo- not apologising. I'm just... Uh, I'm not apologising no. for nothing. Next year we say Ben one, Watson's a quality midfielder. One no, for fucking, Pete. No chance that's going to happen. He's ginger for a start. One for Pete. I hope your brother don't listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> Go right. on. Pete. Matt Holland. Yep. Johnny Jackson. Oh. Or Mark Kinsella. Right. Is Based this... on what? Based on Based what? Based on what? Just whatever you want. You've just got to, you've just got to pick. No, no, no. no. This is important. No, no this is important. This is important. This is important. This is shit house. Right, right. You need to decide if it's on talent or to the club. I don't need to make the choice. You guys have got to make the choice. The criteria right. you it's use to the is club. To you. So the three names again, Holland, Jackson. Holland, Jackson and Kinsella. Well, right. to, to the club. Kinsella starts. Jackson's on the bench. Bye bye, Matt Holland. <laughs> I'm telling you because I think that's on on what they've done for the club. Oh, because well. Kinsella led that team to from Championship bang average Championship oh. to a Premier League side. Jackson <laughs> led that team from a League One side to the Championship and held that club together. Led that team through all manner of shite. Matt Holland horrible. had a couple of years. I love Matt Holland. Matt Holland. I tell you what, I tell you how much I love why I love Matt Holland. I, I love Matt Holland as a bloke and as a footballer, and I love him because one of the one of the worst moments as a football fan at Charlton was when we played Sheffield United in the FA Cup quarter final, and I commentated on the game. We didn't turn up. We lost two 0 and Terry and I, our co-commentator, sat there at the end of the game. We finished the commentary and we sat there, and I was as close to tears as I've ever been at a football match. Matt Holland spotted that and came over because he knew us because he'd worked, he'd done a couple of things with us, and he just came over and he gave us a hug, both of us, and he said there'll be other days. We knew there wasn't. Right, we knew what was going on behind the scenes. But Matt Holland, top man, but no, yeah, that, that I, Fuck yeah. Off, Ryan, Klaus Jensen, Klaus Jensen <laughs> is with without doubt one of the most word on the list. One of the most perfect players ever to wear a Charlton shirt. An amazing player at the time. Not in Mapuso. And and Johnny Jackson. I could never not... I could never sell Johnny Jackson. Johnny Jackson means too much. Both as a footballer and as a bloke. And he bought me a lovely bottle of wine as well. And Dan a bottle of wine. I mean... uh, (laughs) Dan, come on. Are you going to chip in on this one? Do you remember Jacko bought you a really nice bottle of wine? Yeah, well done. I... I mean, I completely agree, but I don't. I'm very upset by this. He's <laughs> shit out real, it. I'm very upset. I mean, it's right. I think if you're going on talent, then Matt Holland's top for me. Yeah. But, no, um, no, Jensen's on, top. 
Jensen wasn't in it. I don't know why you keep bringing up Jensen. Jensen, oh come on, Jensen was the. No, he wasn't one of the yeah, options. Yeah, but he wasn't one of the options. <laughs> Over the three. Over the three. Matt Holland, Kins, and Kinsella oh, Kins, and sorry. Jackson. Sorry, yeah, Kins. Yeah, Matt Holland. Oh, Matt Holland and Kins. Sorry, what did I put? So yeah, Matt Holland. <laughs> fuck it. Yeah, Kinsella, Jackson, mm. Matt Holland, and on talent. Holland. Holland. Yeah. Matt Holland. Holland, Kinsella. Holland, Kins and Jacko. I don't know. No, I'm not going to say it. I can't finish it off. Holland, Kinsella. That's all I can say. <laughs> I will. Not... I will. No, Holland, no, don't Kins. say it. Don't, don't, don't say it. No, don't, don't say it. He follows me on Twitter. Leave it out. And me. <laughs> he calls you Mini Finchy still. I know. <laughs> Come on, Dan. Done. You just sold him down the fucking river. Pick bench cell. Come on. I just did. I said the he same. Did it. He did it. What, the same. So, so he said what, the same. You're... He said the same to, same <laughs> on picking them from emotion, and he said the same from picking them on talent. Right, okay. Move the fuck on there, please. <laughs> Bastard. That's that horrible. Greatly. And then, and then <laughs> you two tag team me. I'm not the this one either. Right, so we're going. Uh, I, to... I've only helped with one of these because I, I was asked a question. Even <laughs> no, no. Even then, I didn't come up with the answer. He he got it before <laughs> I said it. Because I couldn't think of the fella. Right, so we're going from... Okay, this is horrible. This is horrible, Dan. <laughs> we're, going, this one. we're going from awful, emotionally awful, to downright terrible. Oh, it's oh, going to be a <laughs> I love this one. I love what he's done here, Dan. It's brilliant. You've got a choice, Dan, all right? Can we, can we explain oh. what you've picked? Uh, you, you, don't just say the names. Explain before. Oh, well, wait a minute. He's trying to breathe. Hold on. Oh, this is, this, is, this is one of the best ever. I'm telling you. I love this one. I love this one. Oh, dear. Excuse me. I really oh, love man. this one. I'm about to get stitched off here, aren't I? No, no, no. No, I, no this is Ryan. Nothing to do with me. Oh. Right. Okay. Breathe. Oh, right, dear. obviously there there is a link here on this podcast between Charlton and Manchester United. <laughs> so, oh, with that in mind, oh, yeah, I think he's. Oh no, he knows what's coming. Oh, Good luck with this one. Oh, I on. know exactly who the three players are as well. Come on Please. in. Oh, pick bench cell, Michael Stewart, Dylan Levitt. Having Petrucci. No, this is really easy. It's really easy, but they're all fucking useless. <laughs> I, I, I went. I suggested Chris Eagles. I suggested Chris Eagles, who actually scored for us. I, I will say there are two fucking woeful footballers here, and one, one who is just about competent. So we'll start with. We'll, Ryan's muted because he's dying, by the way. <sighs> <laughs> he's, um, yeah, there's tears. He's going to need a tissue. Oh, no. He, I think he might have fainted. He's had a bit of problems yeah. there. Yeah, so get on with it, Dan. So we'll start with... <laughs> I, 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 when I say this, I'm not, I'm not overdoing it. <laughs> Is this on skill with... or your love for the players? Oh, it's on skill base. I don't. Yeah, I, don't no love. I don't have love for any of them. They're all shit. But there's different <laughs> levels of shit. So we'll start with quite possibly. Go on then. We'll start with quite possibly. Actually, no. I'll go as far as to say the worst footballer I've seen in a Charlton shirt in uh, a long time. Let's cast the scene back, two thousand and. Oh, 12, 13. A young, a, a young Finch. 2011. 
2011. No, no, it was. That was the promotion year. This is under Jose Riga, 2013. Mm. A young Finch travels to Blackpool to see Callum Harriet scores a scoring a hat trick and keeping Charlton in the championship. However, with 20 minutes left, <coughs> we bring off Danny Holland and welcome on Italian wonder kid David Petrucci. <laughs> if he's a professional footballer. <laughs> I have a chance <sighs> at, at nailing the top model in the world, right? Oh dear. Male or female? Female. Okay. David David Petrucci may have played two games for us. And I hope he's not playing football anymore. Not not even for the sake of the teams. Oh my god, he plays for a team in the top division somewhere. Hapol Beersheva. He's played ten games for him. He's been at Shazenza, Ascoli. He's been somewhere in Turkey. He's shit. This, this loser, He's plunged to Cluj. He came on against Blackpool. All right. He was he came, in Romania. Yeah. He came on against Blackpool and spent 10 minutes standing on the pitch, I think trying to work out what a football looks like. And then when he came to his feet, he fell over. <laughs> And every Charlton fan looked on the pitch and went, can't fucking wait for him to go back to United. So that's a sell then, is it? Is that a sell? Oh, he's sold. And who's on the bench and who are you picking out of the other so two numpties? to the other two shitheads. Dylan Levitt and Michael Stewart. Really? And I'll start. I think I know where you're going here. I'm going to start Michael Stewart. This is what I thought you would do, because he at least scored for us. I mean, not because of that. I'll start Michael Stewart because, and it's literally only because, he was... A good player in a very in the worst Cholton team ever. Historically, the worst Cholton team ever. Yeah, yeah, Michael yeah. Stewart looked at least okay. Yes. But this is a squad that made Akpo Soji look like Didier Drogba. <laughs> <for Frankfurt. laughs> in a squad that had Gary Doherty and Christian Daly at 407 combined aged. Michael Stewart managed to play well, I mean beyond the pitch. I, I could tell football. you stories about Gary Doherty, but not on him. I know. <laughs> But yeah, Michael, so Michael Stewart starts based on the fact that the rest of the squad around him could probably struggle to play in a school school Saturday team. So that leaves on the bench Dylan Levitt, um, who also... Stunk I the mean, place out of Charlton, he didn't he? Shit. He was shit. He was shit. Stunk it's, us out. His, and he turned he up in a Wales squad. What? He had, he had, we signed him from United and... In fairness to Levitt, and I'll say, I said it to Ryan when he left us, and I'll say it now. I don't think Lee Gron is the right for him. It was right for him because he's small. He likes to pass the ball, and he's playing teams like his debut was against Northampton, right? Cobblers. The pitch. Is no, really. Fucking, the pitch is a hill. Right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> and this poor sod spent eighty minutes just lumping this ball, and it just rolling back down the hill towards him. So, <laughs> so based off the fact that I, I think Dylan Levitt could go somewhere else and be okay, but for Charlton, he's fucking useless. So it's Stuart pick. But I would Levitt, really like. Sub. I, know, I just yeah, I just want to really tell the people. If you ever hear the name David Petrucci, don't Google it. Hey, Google don't watch. It's, don't it's watch hilarious. clips. It's I've, I've Googled. It's it. I'm looking it. at him, and when he started out at AS Roma for crying out loud. Yeah, and there's a reason he played for Charlton, right? He went to he Peterborough. Could, he, he couldn't get in a Cholton squad 
Five games he played for us on loan. Five he, in 2014. He barely, he barely got in a Charlton squad that had Dean Parrott in it, right? Yeah. So, oh, yeah, Dean. So, now, Dean Parrott, can we just talk about him briefly? When he left oh. Charlton, he got released by Spurs. His mum contacted the club trying to get Charlton to give him a contract. <laughs> True story. Anyway, what's next? I mean, I just, I just really want, really, really want to just <laughs> Patricia's shit. So, I've got, but while we're on shit, I, I've I was got laughing one. at that one when he told me about that one this morning. You, he said, "I'm." Were pissing your no, no. He he said, "Can, can you think worry. of a third loan player?" Because he had, um, he had, he had Petrucci and he had Dylan Levitt, but we didn't have Michael Stewart. And I suggested, I said, "Well, it, if Man United player, a player who's played for Man United, that's played for Charlton." So I went with Chris Eagles. Chris Eagles, I didn't think was terrible for us. Just couldn't. He stay wasn't fit. terrible, but he was just obsessed with his he, looks in the mirror. He couldn't say fit, could he? Uh, no, and he was obsessed with looking at himself in the mirror. Let me tell There's you. There's probably more that have played for Man United, but I think everyone that's come from Man United just Blomquist. Fucking useless. Yeah, Blomquist. So thanks, Ryan. You keep sending us shit. Yeah, we don't want any of your Man United shit. No, fuck no. off. No. Yeah. We'll keep following from Chelsea. They give us good. Come play. on in, Dan. What? Oh, Conor Gallagher. Jesus. Jada Silva. Or Arsenal. Ian Martin. Alex Song. Yeah, but for Why every... do you say Alex Song? You get and... Emmanuel Frimpong, don't you? Yeah, but he was not. Yeah, he was not. Um, but yeah, also like Alex in, Song in, and Cuckerland. By the way, just say that Alex Song plays ahead of the three Man United players. Yeah. So Emmanuel Frimpong plays ahead of the three United players. Well, there you go. Frimpong you can do shit. all three of them then. There you yeah. go. There's your Arsenal midfield. So you got pick bench cell from Arsenal for Charlton. So you got Alex Frimpong, Song. Song and Cockerland. Song, pick, oh, bench. Easy. Bench, Cockerland, and I'm no, or based on their careers, based no, no, on no. their careers, based on their time at Charlton. Oh, Cockerland plays. Thank you. Uh, and Song, because Song was a walking red it. card when he played for us, so he's on the bench. And Frimpong's not even lacing anyone's boots because he's too dense for it. <laughs> wanker. And that was pick bench cell. You're welcome. <laughs> oh. I thought Dan, did, did you not have any Dan? I was gonna, I was gonna drop, uh, drop one, but you made your, I'll drop it anyway. I was gonna say Alex Song, Cockerland, Dow Stevens. I've oh. done him, Ryan. Look at the face, Ryan. Look at the face. I've oh. done him. I've done him. This is a good one. I mean, I know you're selling Song, but the other two, Alex Song, Cockerland, and Dale Stevens. When they played for Charlton. Yeah. Cockerland. Starts. Dale Stevens is on the bench and uh, Son can fuck off. Dale Stevens um, is one of the most underrated players to play for Charlton. People sat around me and say, shit, he's shit. Yeah. I had people telling me that he was shit. Why are we playing Dale Stevens? I get emails into the into the Charlton Live studio saying, why do we play Dale Stevens? Yeah, and Bradley Pritchard was in the same team and they weren't having a pop at him. But Dale That's Stevens, Dale Stevens could pick a pass. Dale Stevens loved a tackle, and Dale Stevens would score outrageous goals. Dale Stevens was—I was distraught when he left, but then that got tempered by the fact that God left at the same time. And uh, Dale Stevens, I was very upset with uh, leaving. Bradley wasn't there yet. But Yang Kermagant was sold the same week, and that's where I lost my shit. By the way, I know it's not my actual shit house of the week, but David Petrucci's footballing career should be shit house. <laughs> Right. Okay. Let's move on to shit. Should we do Blonker? Blonker. Do Blonker. Of the week. Yeah. Okay. Can I just? Rec- I'll nominate my. This will be my standard weekly. Um, anyone on talk short, small. Let's move on. 
Right, well, speaking of that one, we'll do this very quickly. Because I couldn't do it last week, we'll do it now. The actual winner of last week's one was supposed to be Jim White for announcing when talking about the Balloon Dior, he claimed that Tony Cruz won the Balloon Dior in between Messi and Ronaldo. And it was, in fact, Luka Modric. A plonker of the week, yes. And this is a guy who used to work for Sky Sports and was actually reading this from a piece of paper. That he wrote. how toilet paper. Be, it was Talksport offices, so it's toilet how paper. You can be that knowledge that knowledgeable with bunny rabbit ear quotes. I, I don't know. He did actually compound it even worse by saying that Messi had won his seventh consecutive Balloon Dior, but it wasn't actually his consecutive one. It was the seventh overall. Dan, I'd also like to um, to nominate uh, Sam Matterface. Oh, please, uh, this yes. Is a bit, this is a bit of a private one, but if you by the chance did watch FA Cup. Second round action between Charles. Are we going Jermaine Beckford as well then, please? No, because uh, no, well, we could include Jermaine Beckford, but I would like to say Jermaine Beckford has come out and apologised. He he knew he was so wrong. Yeah, I, I, I will let him off. Sam Matterface commented on Charlton Gateshead. Not only did he spend ninety minutes begging Gateshead to score, he also managed to. We Charlton have a player called Deji Ella Rearway. Managed to pronounce that no problem, no problem at all. He spent ninety minutes. Mispronouncing Ben Purrington with P U double R. Go on, what was he saying? Calling him, and he kept calling him Ben Purrington. Well, I've always said Sam Sam Matterface. Yeah, is... He's not finished yet. Oh, come on, come on, there's more. Then we have uh, on the right side. We we normally have Jelling Jaisimi, but we actually had Jaisimi. He played Jaisimi. Jaisimi, and then um, long-serving manager Johnny Jackson. He's not manager. He's was on, was on the touchline for Charlton. Long serving Charlton man. And then England former England international Jason Yule. Did he never play for England? He, he played for Jamaican. Exactly. So Sam, I think Sam, you also deserve a mention. You are a more. No, I'm going. I dislike Sam Matterface intensely. I can't stand him. I think he's he's just a bang average commentator. I think still think at ITV they should stick with Clive Tilsley because I like Clive Tilsley. He knew he knows what he's talking about. And I think to put Sam Matterface above Tilsley is just a disgrace because Matterface is just a walking wanker. And yeah, Jim White every week. Jermaine Beckford uh, again, as Dan said. Spent. I didn't watch the game, but I've seen, I've heard, and I've seen clips. And yeah, he just wanted Gateshead to win. He wanted a, a, a little league team, but he has apologised, which he's got. Some... In fairness, and talking about the game really quickly, Gateshead did deserve to probably win the game. They played matter. you. They off were the park. fantastic. I was, I was out, so we I were, didn't see the game. We was, we, we, we didn't turn up. We, we played on about thirty percent. Gateshead should have won the game. Stephen Henderson kept us in it, but the commentary was disgustingly biased. Okay. Uh, that's it. That's the pundit plonker of the week. Shit hours are we down to finish us off? I mean, so Ryan, did I tell you last week's in the end? Because you went yes. off. Yes, I've cool. heard it when I edited the pod. So, yeah. so uh, this <laughs> again, I've got a first and a second. Neither of them this week. Not been a lot of shit hours in the football world this week. So we'll go with the runners up, runner up first. Um, the Benfica have had a difficult season so far. <laughs> Their manager, Jorge Jesus. Uh, is from Rio de Janeiro, and their fans have done a tracker online where if you retweet this tweet, 
that says he needs to go back to Brazil, he will move a kilometre on Google Maps that they've set up back to Rio de Janeiro on a, on a Google Map tracker. So for every retweet, he moves they one don't like him then. closer to Flamingo. And when I looked, he had just made it to Brazil. So he's almost in Rio de Janeiro. So, well done, Benfica fans. Benfica um, fans are the shit houses of the week. Yeah, well, no, they're the runners-up. Oh, they're the runners-up, because that's the real proper shithousery, that is. But that's a collective shithousery. I'm about to say, if, if, Sangard do, if Sangard doesn't give Jackson the job soon, I'm doing one of him for Colorado. <laughs> but I enjoyed that one. But my favourite one, I, I think I think arguably that one's better, but I this one, I was I was watching it on TV and I was laughing. So um, the, the winner this week... Goes to um, we'll go to Spain. You know we're continental. We've come back to Europe now. Valencia travelled to Celta Vigo in uh, in La Liga, and a certain striker going by the name Iago Aspas, he scores a goal. And as he scores, he's injured himself, and he goes to pull it. He grabs at his hammy. Yeah. Now what is unknown to everyone in the ground, apart from Iago Aspas, is that he's a yellow card away from a suspension. So Iago Aspas, as he grabs his groin, grabs, grabs his hamstring, takes off his shirt and makes a point to turn around to the referee to show him that he's taken his shirt off. So oh, we can get the booking. So Iago Aspas is therefore booked, but is then substituted because he's got a hamstring injury. Yeah. And has been suspended for the next game. However, Which he's going to miss because he's got a hamstring injury. He's got a hamstring injury, therefore he'll miss it for injury. That shit tells Fucking well played. Good man. Only if you shit out, you have managed to shit out yourself into a. You knew you were injured. You thought, "Fuck it, I'll do it anyway." That's well played, Iago. That's very good, but I actually think that the app wins for trying to get your. <laughs> yeah, your I, I, I think getting your manager. Yeah, that. App, I, can we on shit out? that shit out there talking about getting. Uh, in, uh, Danny Mills uh, did some shit out at Charlton. He was one. He was a booking away or a suspension, a booking away from being no, suspended. He got sent off. Yeah, he needed. He he didn't want to play at Christmas basically for Charlton, and so he deliberately got himself sent off so he would be suspended <laughs> we, over Christmas. I was there. We played Coventry City at the Valley. It was blatant. A few days before it Christmas. was blatant, and, and he's never denied this, it either. Coventry played. I don't know who the midfielder was, but I can remember the striker was played this thirty-five yard. Crossfield ball. Michael Misford has controlled it on his chest. And Danny Mills come from nowhere. And if you're a WWE fan, if you've ever seen Undertaker or Kane do a clothesline from hell, <laughs> that's more or less what Danny Mills did to Michael Misford. Deliberately. He never went for the ball at any stage. Michael Misford then went spinning in midair. <laughs> And Danny Mills didn't even look to see where the ref was. He's he walking off down the and he was suspended for Christmas. Life. Danny Mills was suspended. That's shit, Alzari. And that, my boys, is it, I think, for this evening. I think. Let us talk to the Mental Health Charity, uh, one of our sponsors, and the Proper Blokes Club as well. Uh, go and follow them both on Twitter and uh, let us talk on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, you name it, they're there. The Proper Blokes Club are pretty much on Facebook, aren't they, Ryan? They're they everywhere as well. Them. Go yeah. and follow them both when you put them in and go and follow them. And if you're a bloke who's struggling, uh, there's people out there, especially the Proper Blokes Club, popping up all over the place at the moment in terms of uh, uh, walks. Uh, let us talk. When Do we know the next game for them? Uh, no. So let us talk. We're hoping to have a game in January. We're just waiting for it to be arranged. Thought I'd ask your um, system manager. Uh, 
uh, hopefully it will be arranged soon. We have, however, though, if you are listening and are interested, we have a, a shop now, a Let Us Talk Mental Health shop, which you can right. find on the Twitter page. Things you buy from there will, of course, uh, I think half of it goes to Sporty Bits, who are the makers, and half of it, of course, goes to Mind Charity, like all the money we raise goes to. Um, but you can buy jumpers, hoodies, hoodies, snoods, and the kit itself is available for £25. So head over. And have not a bad. look. Not bad. Thanks very much. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, the, well, these two will. And um, and we're looking at doing a couple of specials here and there, uh, possibly. But more about that maybe a bit further down the line. Thanks very much. And uh, good night, Ryan. Good night. Uh, see you later, Dan. David Petrucci's shit. I think we've gathered that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs>